Hello and welcome to episode 89 of the British Wrestling Experience on postwrestling.com. And I'm your host, Martin Bushby, and joining me are Benno and Andy Ogden. And how's it going, lads? You had a good month? I mean, Benno, someone told me they'd be been to Vegas. I mean, wow, what a trip. Big time trip to uh, Vegas, America, California. How was it for you, mate? It was the person who told you, my bank manager, because Jesus yeah. Christ, I'm struggling, mate. It was probably me mentioning it eight million times on podcasts. Uh, yeah, amazing. Like one of the uh, the great, uh, best, probably the best holiday I've ever been on, really. Got to see some AEW, got to, you know, spend a lot of time on the uh, on the Vegas Strip, did a bit of gambling, did a bit of wandering around, a uh, bit of drinking. It was, yeah, it was incredible. Fremont Street didn't get quite as uh, crazy as Great O'Khan on there, but we got a, definitely got a, got a little bit crazy. A few uh, daiquiris were uh, consumed. Yeah, it was incredible. It's just, yeah, I've gotten back and I've gone, oh, Christ, it's my birthday on Sunday and I've got no plans for it other than I'm going to go to the park and drink some beer. I think that's my plan just because... <laughs> I need to, I think the next month is just like I made it halfway through the trip. I just I realized how much I was spending, and yeah, it's Vegas, so it's gonna happen, and it's worth it because we had such a an amazing time, and it was just like you know what, I'll just enjoy it. I won't think about it while I'm here, and then once I get home, I'll uh, I'll just stay in for a month. That entire the entire next month's wage packet is like uh, it's owed. Future Benno owes it to past Benno and um, to kind of uh, <laughs> resolve some issues with me, uh, my bank account right now. So, yeah, I'll be staying in for the next month uh, as punishment for it. But, yeah, once in a lifetime stuff, mate, it would, uh, I'd recommend it to anyone, not just for the AEW, uh, which was great. But, yeah, just the trip itself. Vegas is a place just amazing. Yeah, I've always wanted to go to Vegas for, like, the spectacle of it and the shows and everything. I'm not, like, a big gambler or anything, but, yeah, I'd love to go for, like, you know, just all that. I mean, it just looks like there's so much going on. Was it weird being in there in the daytime? Because I imagine, like, at nighttime, that's when you mainly see the footage from it and stuff, and it looks spectacular. Is it? Is it sort of, like, a bit weirder when you're there in the daytime? Is it dead and everything? I like both really you know it's it's never dead it's always busy like that's that's how they get you it's four in the morning you're in a casino and it could be two in the afternoon you don't know where you are what time it is or what's going on to be honest but oh we had a great time in the day to be honest it would be like 39 degrees uh, upwards of 40 uh, on some wow. days as well so yeah being a being a ginger i was slapping on the fact of 50 um, <laughs> but yeah even yeah walking up and down there you know with a nice big uh nice big cold drink or one of them slushies the early uh, side you probably saw on me uh, my photos uh Full mm. of uh, full of alcohol. It's it's adult Disneyland, really. So uh, you can have fun uh, twenty four hours a day. People don't look at you strange for being uh, pissed up on the strip or on Fremont Street at uh, at two in the afternoon. Um, but yeah, that's it. I'm not like a. I imagine if, if the Ogdens went there, I think they'd either clean up or the casinos would uh, clean you lads out. I think you'd have <laughs> you'd probably make better of the uh, the gambling uh, the, than I did. I only did a little bit of it, but yeah, it's not even about that really. It's just yeah, just seeing it and seeing the scale of uh, some of the hotels and stuff like that, and like you know Ma- Mandalay Bay, which is where uh, where uh, AW Ramford Dynamite and Rampage like it's a hotel and it's a casino if you go down at like one particular hall it's like arena this way and there's like a you know 10,000 seater arena just in the corner hotel like these places need to be uh, seen to be believed but no on the on the gambling side I was good I just uh, I got me free drinks out of the uh, the barmaids who were uh, surfing you that's a good tip anyone ever goes to Vegas don't uh, don't buy drinks in casinos just throw 50p in the slot machine and sooner or later a nice girl will turn up with uh, <laughs> With some free drinks for you, and if you tip them a dollar, they keep coming back. So, yeah, I, I kept it pretty low stakes, but yeah, imagine if you went on, it might be a you and your Jeff might be a different story. 
To, to be honest, I'm not a big fan of the fruit machines like our Jeff. So, uh, yeah, no, he'll be like a pig in, pig in shit, won't he? But uh, <laughs> as long as like an area, with, I think there'll be an area there with all the horse racing on from America and the UK. Yeah, so it usually is. Just stick me there. Mm. Oh, you'd be happy, mate. Are you what, no roulette or sort of like blackjack or anything like that? Is he? Is that, are they none of your games, Andy? No, not not at all. No, just just never never been into them. I've always been into the uh, the four legged variety at uh, Chepstow on a midweek. One of the casinos did have one of you know like when you used to go to like Southport Fair and they have like the little horse racing game. Like, yeah, you know, I always that. remember that. Yeah. We always we always used to have one of them at bloody um, Hollingworth Lake near me. At, yeah, when when are we when are we younger? Cracking it's amusements like- back in the day. Quite bad now you think about it, isn't it? Like you're teaching kids to gamble. Like yeah. it, was, it was literally a, a racetrack, and you'd you know, you put you'd, you'd learn that red was the favourite and blue was the second favourite. I used to sit there all day with me yeah. with my granddad throwing ten peas in, like trying to work out if there was like a pattern to it. Okay, green's coming up next because he came up yeah. six goes ago. Like yeah, maybe that's the is that the origin story of the Ogdens? Maybe that's what uh what got you into the horses. <laughs> no, no, what 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 it what it what it what it was our uh, Jeff getting us into gambling when I was like four year old. Old, having <laughs> first ever first ever bet desert orchid in the King George oh, at Christmas had a quid on it, and that's where it all went downhill from there. I used to love that arcade machine. You could hear it a mile off that place. Your bets now, please. That one, yeah, I used yeah. to love that one. And and you won like one pound twenty five, and that was like a million quid when you were five or whatever. So yeah, and then your parents would be like, no more spending money on that. But uh, yeah, yeah, good times. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it certainly definitely. Loved. Have you been to Vegas, Andy? No, I've never been. I've, been, I've recently been to the uh, Las Vegas of North Lincoln. <laughs> so I thought you going to say Blackpool. Then. Oh no, I've that's been to proper Great Vegas, well. isn't it? Coral Island. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, never, never been Vegas. Only been New Orleans in the in the states. That's it. And they've got a similar drinking atmosphere to what Ben has described, haven't they? It's always sort of yeah. like five o'clock there, no matter what time of the day it is. Oh, sort yeah. of like yeah. Bourbon Street. Oh yeah, mad- madness with the hurricanes and what have you, hand grenades. Fuck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they'll certainly blow you out. I can imagine it's pretty similar in Vegas. But um, is anyone who heard me on the Daily News update earlier this week with a with a tear in my eye will know that I'm stepping away from podcasting. So this is going to be the sort of like last quote unquote proper bwe we're going to be doing some specials aren't we in between now and the end of the year and you know wrapping up the whole thing like most british tv shows with a with a big christmas special um obviously you know i'll you know i'll be talking to you guys just sort of after the show but you know been an absolute honor doing the podcast with you you know benno you've been there since the uh, dying days of the pro wrestling now and obviously andy it's been absolutely amazing having you on such great analysis you know for the past sort of like year or so and that so huge thanks to you guys um yeah so this is going to be the, the last proper show of this one obviously me and benno are going to be doing a 24-hour stream to raise money for the children's art surgery fund on the 16th forward slash 17th of july from uh 12 p.m till 12 p.m uk time uh, got a ton of guests lined up andy and jeff are going to be opening it with me and benno for the first two hours we're going to be doing a sort of like bwa type show just running down sort of like british wrestling then we've got loads of other guests on that and uh Benno, looking forward to this uh, 24-hour stream. I was kind of like a bit sort of like blase about doing it until Way was like, what, 24 hours? You're going to actually <laughs> stay up for 24 hours in no sleep? And I was like, wow, yeah, perhaps I have a, 
processes are more than I can chew. <laughs> I, th- I think the mistake we maybe made was like at the end of the 12 hours last time, we were just like, ah, because I think that's it. We had like the adrenaline going and like we got, you know, we had Gareth and JP on at the end and we were just kind of like, ah, you know what? It was like afterwards, I, was like, I could probably do a few more hours. You know what? Maybe we could push it to 24. And I think we could just convince ourselves that that was a good idea. Mm. And now I'm thinking back to those, <laughs> those 12 hours where I think we're doing it twice. Uh, but I think we'll manage, like you say, you put an incredible uh, list of uh, of guests together and uh, more getting there uh, get added to the uh, the list constantly and like that I think everyone on there is gonna gonna carry us through and uh, yeah it's gonna feel like an achievement it feels a good way to kind of like unofficially mark like the end of uh, of BW obviously like you said we got the uh, the specials uh, coming up and you know hopefully we'll be all, all get back together around uh, Christmas time and the and the like as well but yeah it feels like the uh, the right insane way to go after what five and a half years worth of a Brit Res podcast let's do twenty four hours um, yeah said nobody smart ever but oh well we'll uh, we'll make it through <laughs> it. So with this being the last proper show, we couldn't not look back at our own history. And of course, I have two people who used to co-host this show uh, with me and Benno. So please welcome back. Returning for the final episode is uh, Mr. Oli Kaur. Oli, thanks for joining us. Hey, hey. Good to be back. Good to hear from you guys again. And Jamesy. Hi, guys. How are things? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. Thanks for coming back for the uh, for the final show. We couldn't uh, do sort of like one sort of like quote unquote proper show and not have uh, you two guys on. But I just wanted to sort of like catch up with you guys. You know, how's things? What you've been up to? I mean, Ollie, you uh, seemingly stepped away from wrestling uh, completely like a few years back after uh, going over to Japan, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, like in 2019, I did go to a few shows. Um like I went to a few of like the cockpit shows and I actually I, like I went to the cockpit in March 2020 like literally just before COVID hit like pretty much a week before um and yeah I thought that like I figured that would kind of just be a bit of a regular thing like I'd go every couple of months and just like you know keep my hand in so to speak um but yeah COVID and obviously speaking out and just everything that happened in the world <laughs> kind of put me off of wrestling <laughs> for I mean not entirely I'm sort of right now I'm waiting on Japan to allow the fans to make noise again and then I feel like I will dip my toe back in like I've seen a few matches from Dragon Gate um and like what they're doing definitely interests me um with like this whole new generation of talent coming in but I can't get down with the clap crowds so it's just <laughs> I can't really watch anything from Japan and also I watch AEW whenever like I'm watching like snooker on ITV4 and it ends and AEW comes on <laughs> so you know I sort of know what's going on there a little bit but yeah it's all very kind of passive at the moment and it's kind of like never say never come back but um yeah at the moment I just sort of watch it when it's on but when it sort of appears in front of my vision other than that yeah Oh wow, we all thought Minder was the big lead in for <laughs> It looks like the snooker bringing back the uh, the laps fans there. And uh, James, what about you? Obviously, you know, you've uh, been on, you know, the show a couple of times since she sort of left and obviously you've done a few things with Grapple, but sort of like, you know, since she did left the show completely, where's your fandom at now? Do you is your are you similar to Ollie, sort of like mainly AEW and, and those sorts of promotions? Yeah, like it's it's been a funny few years, hasn't it? Like, I mean, um, I suppose we're we're all fairly aware of the the circumstances in which I, I left um the podcast, you know, like it it um it just got to the point where I God, we're friends again now, mate. 
Tapit na yun yung ata. Sorry. Yeah, like it was just a thing that I think um, I, I have spent most of the last few years decidedly not watching British and Irish wrestling. I can say that for sure anyway. Um, and I don't feel like I've missed an awful lot, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, my wrestling fandom's been in a funny place, like that there was a long time there where I didn't watch anything. I didn't really want to watch anything. And I've kind of settled into a routine now where finally AEW signed some good wrestlers. So once once Danielson and Punk came along, um, I've pretty much been a, a weekly viewer of AEW. Still keep in touch with um, certain wrestlers on the indies, I suppose. But like um, when I think back to maybe the, the level of watching I was doing in 2016, 17, 18, when I, I'd have my spreadsheet and I'd, I'd have maybe a thousand matches watched per year and all kinds of like watching literally anything and everything. It's very much calmed down since then. Um, I don't think I'll ever not be a wrestling fan. It'll always be there in some shape or form. Um, whether it's just following the news or whether it's following certain wrestlers. Um, and yeah, as I said, wrestling is, it's, 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 it's like the mafia, as we always say, as we always joke mm-hmm. about Gareth and Grapple, it'll always drag you back in eventually, you know what I mean? So it'll always be there somewhere in the background and so, somewhere part of my life, I suppose, you know? Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, Ollie, as far as, you know, when me, you and Beto were doing the show, I feel, I feel like you were kind of ahead of the curve with like, oh, I'm not too asked about sort of like what's going on with this <laughs> WUK stuff. And, you know, you sort of like, you know, waned on progress, you know, a bit before everyone else. Um, in terms of sort of like, obviously, you know, you know, speaking out affected the scene, you know, heavily and, you know, your fandom had waned before that. Do you think there's anything that sort of like draw you back to watching sort of like, you know, Brit- British slash European wrestling again? Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely up for going to shows again at some point. Um, I, again, it has kind of been all a bit ravaged. Um, like, obviously, especially Progress is the big one. Uh, like, that is back. Um, I can't which football club of the owners. Tranmere. <laughs> Tranmere. Tran- <laughs> yeah, it's back on the Tranmere discretion. Um, I don't think I'm ever going to go to a progress show ever again. And as you say, sort of, I kind of fell off on it long before everybody else did. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. I was feeling bad when like Travis Banks was winning super strong style, like, and that, you know, for a myriad of reasons that made me feel bad. <laughs> and that was like, that was like, absolutely ages ago. Um, but yeah, I mean, Rev Pro, they've definitely sort of, they did well over the pandemic to keep, like storylines moving along and keep some sort of semblance of a world going. Um, and yeah, I would be interested to see like who they've got on the come up. Um, but yeah. What does this lad called a uh, big guns, Joe Rice? Uh, <laughs> uh, well, there's several of them. They're all called Kid Lycos for some reason. Oh, no, <laughs> You've missed so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've missed a whole like generation of people supposedly who are good and then <laughs> disappear. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like you just don't hear much about it. Like on t- like Twitter was always like where you would hear about shows coming up and like there would be a buzz and an excitement and you'd want to go. And now you just sort of don't hear about it. So I don't even really know what is going on outside of like the big Rev Pro shows. So that is kind of a big problem is that like the sort of, I don't know what you'd call it, like community marketing has just like disappeared. So Oh yeah, completely. Um, well, you were telling us off air as well. You sort of like uh, got into the world of uh, stand-up comedy now as well, haven't you? Yeah, well, comedy is wrestling for people who like to walk. So I thought it would be like <laughs> the natural uh, progression. Um, yeah, like 
I haven't like started gigging properly yet, but it's coming. And like um, where I'm living at the moment, Brighton is a very good place to um, do comedy because there's absolutely loads of open mics in kind of a very small area. Obviously, like, there's loads of open mics in London, but London is massive. <laughs> Whereas here, it's kind of like you can kind of get to know your neighbors kind of thing. So yeah, I'm excited uh, for what's to come. And yeah, like, you know, if you see me doing an annoying TikTok video at some point, just accept, but <laughs> just please accept it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you on we'll see you on all them uh, BBC panel shows before before <laughs> we know it. I'm sure I'm sure early on with these uh, Channel Five sort of like things, top one hundred of something where they get a bunch of comedians on it. I'm sure we'll be seeing on you on TV uh, before too long. But um, Jamesy, I mean, you came up with some tons of amazing sort of like you know, quiz shows and, and stuff for uh, for the show, you know, the transfer window that was like sort of like your baby and then sort of like, they, you know, came up with a, a variety of things for it. And you certainly did some cracking interviews with the likes of sort of like Daniel McCarvey. Was there any sort of like favourite moments that you were sort of like look back on uh, from the time of doing the show? Well, undoubtedly, Martin, the greatest moment of my podcast career was Kane from Spain. <laughs> <laughs> possibly the greatest moment of my life um <laughs> <laughs> figuring out that, that Kane was born in Europe on the eve of that draft and the the reaction I had when I was told about it was, was one of the best things ever that was that was great fun but yeah yeah like there was um ah oh, we had some great times like yeah and as I said um doing the interviews there, there were some people I interviewed that we, we will never speak of again I suppose mm. um uh, the Maccabi interview was great fun. Like, yeah, that was good to chat to him. Like somebody that I've, I, I, I was, I, I have been fairly friendly with now for a number of years. Um, and the drafts, like, were always great fun. And I suppose I'm not giving a spoiler by saying you, you listeners will have a chance to hear another draft in about a month's time. Isn't that right, Martin? In July. Yeah. Indeed, yeah, we're doing a special one for that, and I suppose it's no spoiler to say that you're going to be involved in that as well. So yeah, really looking forward to that. Yeah, it was a great concept that you came up with, and um, you know, it was always it's always been fun doing them with you. Ah, uh, yeah, it was, and it was. It, it, I think it was a kind of a was that what the, had the pandemic started at that stage, and there was hadn't we like we we were very badly stuck for things to talk about because there was literally like the, the, even those empty arena shows hadn't started like progress hadn't started doing theirs and repro hadn't started theirs like so we had to be a little bit imaginative didn't we and come up with some come up with some concepts to keep the show going every two weeks like yeah uh, Oh yeah, I mean, we came up with some right ideas, didn't we? We had Andrew yeah. Thompson on to talk about a show that happened before he was born, or he was two years old, or <laughs> oh, whatever. Right. We, did. Yeah, we sure. had that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Rip Rest mixtape. That was the one, weren't it? We had a, a the, the match that everyone's talked about now. The uh, sort of like um, Ryan Danielson against Zack Sabre Junior. in a working uh, man's yeah, club yeah. match. Yeah, and then um, obviously you came up with that uh, that zinger of a uh, of a draft show yeah but um yeah always uh, always sort of like fun having those game shows and stuff weren't it Bennett? oh yeah definitely like just remember like unfortunately that uh, i think that first mixtape we did other than that match you just mentioned the other matches probably don't want to mention <laughs> like everything um we're up here but god yeah you know we did that and you know the fact that we were trying to still be you know every two weeks uh with not much to uh to talk about but yeah we got some good specials in there and obviously the um 
you know, the ROH stuff we did, you know, looking back at, uh, the, you know, the, when me, uh, me, Jamesy and, uh, oh, yeah. and Joe Lemon yeah. did the uh, the Unified um, review. I mean, that's a, that's a real um, great memory for me. When we did, we did mm. that one, didn't we? When it was at the, like, we were ready to, like, sp- we knew the podcast was going to go three hours because it was me, Jamesy and Joe Lemon talking <laughs> retro ROH. And then remember, like, the night before, it was that Black Thursday when WWE released all of those wrestlers. So, like, it's not really in our remit, is it? But we had to talk it. We had to, I think we spent an hour, like, that was the longest BW ever. It was about four hours long yeah. <laughs> in the end, but great show, you know. And like, yeah, just showed you know, the uh, the resilience we had during that period to put those things together. I do remember there was like a, a Joe anecdote from that show about how like he worked at Sainsbury's at the time and he found in sick or whatever and he hated his boss and everything. And that was yeah, that was absolutely brilliant. <laughs> <Sounds like Joe. laughs> yeah, <laughs> Nothing much there. We, we finally, we finally. Um, Broke down the third wall on the uh, Benno bus, of course, Benno. Finally oh, of course, yeah. Told our down. story after many years of hinting at it online. <laughs> the legends of Jimmy. You know? <laughs> exactly. And our friend Matt Saidan, let us not forget him. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. They were, I love, love those shows we did. So it was great. Uh, yeah. 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 We, great we, fun. We yeah. yeah. Use that platform for that. And yeah, I was going to say for me, like other great memories, like the, uh, I think the, the, the WXW weekend, the shows we always did, I think we've mm-hmm. always been there. Uh, great ones, obviously. You know, with, with that one me, you and uh, Strigger did all, I think it was like quite early into the run of BWE, wasn't it? Those, mm-hmm. um, those weekends always uh, turned out good shows, always turned into like a, just a, a road trip diaries, didn't it? More than a, than a wrestling breakdown. Yeah, those like those weekends were just absolutely beautiful to go to, <laughs> and yeah, like they definitely produced like amazing memories, like in ring and out. Um, and yeah, always like breaking those down was a great like because again, you had to kind of experience it as a whole weekend, and kind of they would only sort of come together in that third show, and all the stories they were telling would really pay off. So it was always enjoyable to like kind of see it all in one go in that way. I think that's it. I think we kind of like I've been listening to you know when you were doing you know the WXW stuff before that even you know with uh on voices with the Brit Res Roundtable and stuff and then I was doing it. I think it kind of you know always made people jealous, didn't I think? Oh, I want to try that <laughs> and before you knew it, like you know, you're probably your third or fourth year going to Germany. It was just you know, there was like as many English and Irish people out there as there were uh Germans at a point. <laughs> like uh, yeah, it was a it was a great thing we had. What about, I mean, I asked Ollie, uh, just before we let you guys get out of here, unless you want to stick around and talk uh, progress, Jamesy, of course, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> is there uh, is there anything, Jamesy, that's sort of like, you know, obviously, you know, we've all been sort of like solid on sort of like European wrestling, uh, a lot of it anyway. Is there anything that you think that sort of like drag, uh, you know, drive you to sort of like watch it again? Or do you think, you know, can you just see you being done with it now for the foreseeable future? Oh God! It would, to be honest, it would take a lot. To be honest, you know, um, like there's there's not a whole lot in the Irish scene over here. Like, um, and like that's how I came onto the show in the first place was talking about Irish wrestling. You know, I remember mm. there was a particular one of those big shows. Probably a, one of the Walter matches had happened, and you guys got on to me asking me would I come on, and that's how the whole thing started. It was meant to be only one episode, and then it turned into me staying for whatever it was two more years after that. <laughs> um, Oh, and I think back, like, and how much has changed. And, like, I, I honestly can't say there's an awful lot in the Irish wrestling scene. Yeah, so much would have to change, and so many people would have to go away. And I just can't see that happening at the moment, you know what I mean? Which, which is a sad thing, you know what I mean? And it's an awful pity. But at the same time, I also feel like there's nothing happening that's giving me the itch to drag me back. Like, I look at the cards, 
that are coming out of Irish wrestling at the moment, uh, and I'm grateful for how bad they are because I, you know, <laughs> I, I used to think I'd be sitting here and, and they'd be booking people that would tempt me to go back, and I'd have this kind of a dilemma between my morals and my desire to watch really good wrestling. And thankfully, the cards have been absolute shite. So I haven't even, it hasn't even been a thing where I've been tempted to go back. So long may that continue, to be honest, that, that, that takes the dilemma away from me. But at the moment, probably not. You know, um, maybe I could be tempted into a trip to Germany if there was a lot of people. But like, I would be going to see my friends more than anything like and that's 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 the thing i really miss about not going to shows anymore is the friendships and the people that i would see kind of on a monthly nearly nearly a fortnightly basis at one point there you know what i mean i don't really see those people anymore and you know if i knew a good crew of people were going or a few guys were going over to germany for the weekend or maybe i could be tempted into that but that's about the limit of it like at the moment unfortunately yeah yeah, yeah, I think um, a lot of people have got similar stories to you on that one, anyway. But um, yeah, like I said, we'll uh, we'll let you guys get out of here. But Ali, any sort of like final thoughts about your time on the show, or sort of like any plugs? You know, you want to get out there with things you've been up to. Um, I remember you did that uh, Joe Lemon mixtape a while back. Oh, got, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that was that was very fun to make. Again, I, <laughs> Joe jo is Joe is an amazing person. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I know him massively well, but just from listening to him on the podcast. <laughs> he does. He's an enigma. He's, he, yeah, he's an enigma <laughs> he, he wrapped in the, the right podcast. Well. Like you, Ollie, disappeared into the wind. Uh, yeah. Good <laughs> time. Um, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, like all all the podcasting that I did, both on here and on Voices, yeah, it was great fun. And, like, it helped me meet so many people who I'd never would have met otherwise. And, like, going to Germany as well, like, it just like opened that up so much um and yeah turned that whole weekend into just like a big party but you know we, we did a couple of times every year for a few years and that yeah that was great fun um and yeah like some of the wrestling we watched is brilliant and we can still watch it because the people in it aren't terrible people so like uh all in all yeah it was it was really awesome basically Excellent. And uh, James, yeah, any final thoughts from you? Obviously, we'll be seeing you on the charity stream in, um, in just under a month's time. Yeah, just like I, I look back on my time on the podcast with great, great fondness. You know what I mean? Like, and it, mm. it, it meant the world to me for you guys to ask me on. You know what I mean? Like, I, like podcasting and speaking on a live microphone was something that I often thought was for other people and something that God, I, I could never do that. Like I listen to podcasts all day, but God, I could never do that. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it meant the world to me for you guys to ask me on and, you know, to be encouraged by you and for people to seem to enjoy the stuff that we would do. You know what I mean? And um, yeah, as I said, I look back at it all with great fondness, really grateful to you guys for giving me the chance to come on. Um, as I said, we have great memories and like, you know, you know, we did the podcast and that, and that's important, but more importantly, it's the friendship with you guys, like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, you know, that, that will endure long, long after any podcast is, 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 is finished up, you know what I mean? And the fact that I'm still in touch with you guys every day and we have our chats in our group chat and that kind of thing, we'll have to meet up in person, Martin. It's an absolute no, disgrace that yeah. after how many years talking <laughs> exactly. over Zoom and Skype and everything, we'll have to, maybe, maybe that AEW show in Craven Cottage when it happens, that might be our chance, Martin, <laughs> yeah. to, to yeah, finally meet in person. That's going to have to, or maybe you'll have to come over to Dublin and I'll bring you to a few pubs or something like that. Um, and Sherbeno, you, you'll be tempting me back on to grapple with 
another ROH podcast, I'm sure, at some point in the future. So there's, there's no need to say a big long goodbye to you anyway, for sure. Way. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have you on by next week. Don't, we'll yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, as I said, it, it was brilliant. Love my time on here. I always really enjoyed it. It, it. it meant the world to me in terms of my self-confidence and self-esteem and that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. that's, you, you can't put a price on that. You know what I mean? So just really grateful. And, and thanks so much for everything. No, thanks so much to you guys. And yeah, I really appreciate you taking the time out to come on this week. Yeah, thanks so much. No, it was great having them guys back on. But we have got an actual show to get through. Sorry to anybody who didn't want to hear any of that. But obviously, it's our last show. So, you know, it's some uh, actual wrestling to review now. Um, and Red Pro hosted their second York Hall show of the year on the 22nd of May with Epic Encounter. I mean, what was originally supposed to be headlined by Minoru Suzuki against Will Ospreay uh, the Friday before the show or the Saturday, I think, maybe it came out that Ospreay had suffered a kidney infection and was actually in hospital. And so obviously couldn't make the show. It seems obviously he's a lot better now, you know, seeing him in AEW under like um, a Rev Pro did announce on the social media that they were working on a replacement. And after the opener of Michael Oku and Connor Mills, Oku announced he would be facing off against Suzuki in the main event. And show pretty much sold out or near enough, just under uh, 1,200 in the building. Andy was there live. Uh, I watched on VOD. Uh, Andy, did it look pretty... Um, as full as as your call can get. Yeah, I, w- I would I would say so. Uh, the the queue to get in was yeah pretty easy enough. A bit quicker this time. They got their house in order. But then I heard reports like some people were still outside once the uh, first bell was going. Um, Will Coolin. Will Will, <laughs> Will 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 was actually adding his uh, fifth of a bottle of uh, whiskey in a telephone box uh, for half time. <laughs> Yeah, oh, it, 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 what a cracking fella! What a cracking fella! But no, it was, it was just great, great to see um, a packed out your call. And um, to be honest, as well, to report um, the the bar cues were uh, much better as as well. Um, what 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 once he sorted out a system? But no, it, it, great atmosphere, great day out, and uh, can't wait to uh, chat about it. Oh yeah, definitely. Because obviously, in the main event, you know was uh, sort of like the big draw originally, but the match coming out of the show on everyone's lips was the uh, sub-main event, wasn't it? Aussie Open against the Velocities. I mean, tons of hype coming out from this one live. I mean, it, I'm sure Gareth said at one point it was like tracking as like the top match on Grapple, <laughs> oh, yeah. which is in- insane to think. Uh, I mean, watching <laughs> it on VOD... <laughs> You are sorry, Benno? Of all time. <laughs> it was funny looking on the app and seeing that above like Omega Okada 2 and stuff like that. <laughs> Very blunt. <What? laughs> uh, but it did certainly live up to the eye watching it on VOD. I mean, these teams do work so well together, you know, having bangers in their own country of Australia and then got uh, not one but two standing ovations from the crowd. Tons of amazing double teams, shooting star DDTs and what have you. You know, you expect this sort of match from Aussie Open at York Hall in the tag matches they've had there throughout the years. Um, seem to have found their perfect opponents in the velocities. Andy, you were there live. I mean, did you go the full five after this one? Yeah, so uh, w- with the actual match being there live, I missed the first couple of minutes because I was just uh, wait- waiting for him to change a barrel. So a bit disappointed at that. But when... <laughs> When I actually got when I actually got back to my seat, well, knowing Aussie Open matches, you know you're going to get at least twenty minutes, aren't you? So, nah, I, I think I was out my seat a few times. You probably see me in the corner on VOD, like, yes, come on, um, just just insane stuff. I think it's what it's definitely one of those matches to sort of leave your mind at the door. 
and just like just enjoy like the the big the, just the big eye spots. The the, the um what was it? the shooting star DDT that was mm. oh, my god. <laughs> I, I wouldn't want to say that move definitely, but no, I get, give it the full five, and it's one of them. Um, I didn't, I, I didn't want to watch it back on v, VOD because it's yeah. sort of totally my live memory. But I, that was like the one I was going away thinking, bloody hell, I've possibly seen one of the best matches I've seen live in the last uh, five five years, maybe easily. Well, that's our praise considering how much you like live wrestling you've been to. Yeah, wow. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, definitely. You you always with these matches, aren't you? Um, you are a bit worried that, you know, people have sort of like, you know, had a couple of beers and, you know, got into it. But yeah, certainly watching it on VOD, it definitely loved up to the height. I mean, better were you a fan of their matches sort of like prior to this? Because obviously, I think they had sort of like a match of the year contender, you know, when they've been in Australia and stuff before. So it certainly seems like they're building upon that one. Yeah, I mean the, the the Australia that match like we talking about grapple, you know, we did our top ten match of the year in uh, in January, and I watched it for that as like a you know is this going to squeeze its way into my top ten, and it it didn't, but you know it was very good, like a very good tag, and yeah, I just thought like in general, I think it was a a really well you know good idea from Rev Pro to kind of capitalize on on that, the fact that it got some buzz, the fact that it you know. You know the, the days of like those tour of matches, you know, your your Johnny Jody, you know, those types of matches that like, you know, even like on a like an indie level, you know, hero punk, those types of of things that like have, you know, they, they get a bit of uh they get get a bit of word of mouth and people heard about these wrestlers and then you know that, that used to be the thing, didn't it? You know, different promotions that would pick up the match and you'd get, you know, a couple of Brits in uh in America like Johnny and Jody or you'd end up with, you know, you know, Americans coming over here and doing doing their tour of matches. So yeah, I think it's a it was a really smart idea and really yeah, really shrewd i thought to to do it and capitalize on on the buzz that got last year yeah because the boss series are sticking around for their world tag league andy do we know how long they're going to be in the country for i think it's just basically for the world tag i think up until like august so it might they might do the next york or one but it's generally just for the um like the tag league stuff yeah, because they've got the two days, aren't they, for the 10th anniversary? And I certainly don't think anyone would be complaining if they put this match on again. I know, you know, obviously it put a lot of pressure on the guys to live up to this one they had at your call. But yeah, they certainly, you know, be selling a few tickets, wouldn't they, having this one on again for the 10th anniversary? Especially if the velocities are sticking around till, till the end of the summer. I certainly won't blame them doing it again for that two-day event. But um, before we get to the main event, I did, I did note that before that tag, uh, partners Michael Oku and Connor Mills opened the show. Um, sort of like this is a story that's been bubbling for a while now in Red Pro. These two, you know, eventually spitting up here. The, the match was just essentially them saying, Oh, who's a better man out of the two? And they did have a, a cracker of an opener with Oku picking up the win and um, snubbing Connor Mills' handshake at the end. So that storyline's still bubbling under, you know, the story of their eventual breakup as a team will be continued. But um, and then obviously. Oku said, you know, he's going to be having the, the match with Suzuki. Um, I enjoyed this one on VOD, uh, Andy. How was it live for you? Yeah, so the um, Oku and Mills match, I think I went four and a half on grapple. I, I, I was really invested in it. I know sometimes that like, with Connor Mills, he maybe lacks a bit of uh, personality. Um, he's improved wrestling-wise. I, I, used, I, I used to always think of like, Connor Mills being on a card. It's like, oh, God. 
But <laughs> I've seen him the last few times in Red Pro. I think he's like really up, really upped his game. And Oku, yeah, he, he doesn't have a bad match, doesn't he? Does he at the moment? Um, the the reaction to like his after match promo where he said some co- some companies don't really want to use me. And there was like uh, someone shouted out in the crowd progress, <laughs> <laughs> which, which I thought was, which I thought was funny. And Oku was saying, you know who it is. Um, but the actual when it got to the main event with um, Suzuki, I will say because I think we've said before with Suzuki that he does have his Formula Eight match where it's just walk and brawl. But for me, he actually did give Oku some offense where it looked like oh Oku could possibly like win this match. It was like very competitive. I, I think I only went about. I think I went three points. Three and a half, three point seven five on it. It was good, good main event and a bit of an obvious result. But Oku didn't look out of place uh, against Suzuki. Yeah, exactly, and that's the main thing, isn't it? Him coming into that. Obviously, you know, it's such short notice. I imagine it was impossible for him to get someone, you know, to replace Osprey, you know, of, of an equivalent name value. So it did really work out well for Oku, you know. We've talked, you know, ad nauseum on the show about what a great underdog he is, and especially against someone like Suzuki. I mean, the crowd chanting Suzuki's going to kill you, and he really played up to that, didn't he? And, yeah. you know, he did come up short, but gave it a good college try, didn't he? You know, that um, underdog baby face coming. And obviously, they made the best out of that situation because he didn't lose anything uh, losing the match. Cause obviously, he'd wrestled earlier on the evening, and it is against Minoru Suzuki. But yeah, it's. Um, you know, it's great to see, isn't it, Benno, that Oku was, you know, able to step in there with the Minoru Suzuki and not look out of place. Yeah, they were in a really tough position because, like, it's like, I think about on the day when it broke and everyone was feeling like, oh, God, that is just typical, isn't it, that they'd be in this situation. And, yeah, there isn't really that many options. I remember us kind of going, I wonder if Pac's in the country, you know, maybe maybe he'd be available. Or I think I think everybody kind of went, at the end of it, it was like, well, it's they're probably not going to be able to fly anyone else in. It's probably not going to be a big name. What do you do? Who are the, who are the two guys, you know, in Rev Pro that you could you could potentially put in that match? And it was between, yeah, between Michael and and I'd say, you know, Ricky Knight Jr. was the the other, you know, potential shout in there. But, you know, it would have meant, you know, Ricky losing, as, you know, uh, Oku did here. But I think, you know, telling that story with Oku working the double duty, as he seems to have done about three or four occasions, it feels mm-hmm. like, on, a, on big Rev Pro shows in the last while, kind of worked out for him. He didn't lose anything from, you know, from being out there and having a, a, a losing turn against a, a big star like Minoru Suzuki. And, yeah, the kind of, I bet, you know, I'm guessing from being there live, there was probably a, a fair bit of grumbling that you know people weren't getting this dream match. That, let's be honest, is probably the reason you know they the show sold so well. Um, but yeah, I, I bet you know everyone that they're live at least you know got a got got a great match out of it. You know, Oku got to to shine in a, in a prime position, and yeah, hopefully it won't put anyone off from coming back when they do manage to put Osprey and Minosuke together as a match. And knowing Rev Pro, I'm, I'm sure that's probably going to be coming sooner rather than later. I, th- I think as well. I would say live though, even bef- um, even up to that Suzuki and Oku match, what Red Pro had put on, I think every match was either good to like outstanding. Um, there was another match as well. There were um, the uh, Alex Windsor and Kylie Ray match, which I, I was surprised when, like after the show, and found out they give it like 23, 24 minutes. Like 
it was it was one of their matches that didn't drag and didn't feel out of place, and it, it was well worth its uh, spot on the card. Like like Dan Maloney and Gabriel Kidd, that was another in the um, like eight man tag thing with uh, Sunshine Machine, Lycoses, and um, Yalter and Shalter and um, Smoking Aces. I've, I thought this probably was you know, like with the January one. Yeah, just two really excellent shows. It's just carrying on a run of uh, good shows for Red Pro at York Hall. Yeah, and Kylie Ray's someone different to bring in as well, isn't she? Obviously, yeah. you know, she was in AEW for a while and then Impact. And, um, you know, I'm assuming American Indies, but I had not really seen or heard much of her in a while. And, yeah, so it was um, sort of like a bit of a different name. So, yeah, it was a good match. I, I didn't get a chance to watch that one. Yeah. Yeah, no, it it's it would end of day if if someone like Kylie Ray's available for a date. I know the the idea was probably oh they go with Rhea O'Reilly, but if Kylie Ray's available for a date, why why not use her? And it, it's someone different who's not been used much over here. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, next up, Red Pro, I've got Summer Sizzler in uh, Manchester on the twenty third of July. Now, so far is a. Uh... Akira Francesco against Mike Bailey. I mean, that's um, a very interesting matchup so far, isn't it, Benno? Yeah, I'll I'll take that. That'll be a, a fun little match. <laughs> I just can't I can't believe it's like almost a year since that last mm-hmm. for a Manchester show. It was August last year, wasn't it? Ten months ago. Um, it's almost sad that it's kind of taken you know this long to to come back around for them to to do a show. I kind of thought the market was open with you know progress not really running up here other than that that one off. Um, I might have expected, yeah, Rev Pro to, to take advantage a little bit of the what they did um, last year in, in August uh, a bit sooner. But yeah, saying that, it, it, I suppose it has flown, and yeah, I think they could probably expect a, a busy place. It, I suppose it just depends what they're what they're going to put on top there. Maybe that's the place you can uh, do and make good for a uh, for Osprey uh, Suzuki. I think it'd just be just about on the uh, the other side of the G1. Um, so maybe we could get some uh, some imports um, there as well to maybe fill the place because it is it is a big room. That is that mm. is the thing. And it does it, it probably will take something special to at least draw, you know, what they did the uh, the last two times they've been there. Was it but did you go to the last Manchester show, Andy? Was it busy in there? So yeah, is it, I've been to see Banzo and it's a big old building, isn't it? The Victoria Warehouse. I'd say there was about three, four hundred there. Um yeah, there was more bar staff than actual bar, uh, beer pump. <laughs> done, I, know, I remember that. Well, they've got that sorted out. Um, but no, it's, it's it's a good. It's that first couple of times I went there, I thought, oh, this is a really like cracking venue. But like I say, I just thought they got a bit more um, organisation about them there. Um, they've got, the Red Pro's also got that rearranged show in um, Sheffield. Um, mm. on like July the 10th, I think it is now. It was yeah, supposed, it is, yeah. supposed to be end of June, so it, like they're looking to run Sheffield like every six to eight weeks, which is like going against the grain of the old south side schedule, which would be uh, we'll come back in December for <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they did used to do two shows in one day, I suppose, didn't they? So, yeah. yeah, perhaps, uh. Yeah, it seems like yeah, it seems like they're trying to build up um, a relationship with the venue network and also sort of like trying to build their own sort of like space in Sheffield. So obviously, you know, selfishly, I hope that really works out for them. Yeah, yeah ten minutes away from my house. But um, I suppose sticking with sort of like Red Pro, you know, affiliated wrestlers, Osprey uh, debuted in AEW uh, with his teammates uh, Aaron Harare and uh, Aussie Open jumping Trent Barretta 
an FTR, and um, I've not a chance to see it. I'm assuming you stayed up for uh, Dynamite as of recording this by now. How was the uh, Osprey against Dax Harwood match? Incredible. Yeah, really, mm. really good. Like, as good as TV matches get. Um, uh, Dax Harwood's, like, uh, someone I was never a fan of. Um, I don't really like FTR in general. And uh, some of their epic, you know, alleged five-star tags haven't been for me. But as like a TV wrestler who can pump out a, a four star or so match like this, like I'll take that any day. And yeah, I mean, I've I've, I've got to say, like I think the the use of Osprey in uh, in AEW so far has been pretty pathetic. Like I don't think if I'm debuting Will Osprey in in, in AEW, I'm making a big deal out of him. I'm not throwing him out there in a six man on a rampage show that nobody watches, and then is good as this match was. I'm not going to complain about this because it you know it was really good quality. I still think, you know, you want to make Osprey's debut a big deal and, you know, make it, you know, make your, your big pay-per-view feel special because it's the first time you're seeing these big New Japan show stars in a in an AEW ring. It's certainly not the uh, the way I would go about bringing in, you know, an Osprey who, for my money, is still, you know, one of the, the best wrestlers in the world and at least in the top four or five of, uh, of stars, you know, in, in New Japan, at least, as, you know, from, from Western um, eyes point of view. But yeah, I can't go. I, you know, as much as that is said, and I've got a lot of you'll hear on uh, and grapple a lot of complaints about the AEW booking right now mm-hmm. as a standalone match. Incredible, you know. It was almost like a bit weird because in an ideal world, you know, Dax is the heel and Osprey is the face. You know, as far as like you know the the flippy guy f- fighting from underneath and him being more of an an old school you know wrestler who do you know is really good in like heat segments and the like but they kind of turned that on his head and still made it work osprey's flashy stuff didn't detract too much from the fact that he was the the heel on the match and they just told a, a great story i absolutely loved it and yeah like, to be honest for for its faults of, of booking again would not bring osprey in a six man and i definitely wouldn't have trent win that match mm-hmm. you still don't understand that you don't put osprey over in his in his first um aw match but that match was great too as far as a tv match like getting to see Aussie Open on, you know, mainstream TV, you know, and they look like a completely different couple of lads at this point. Like, it <laughs> kind of creeped up on me that, like, Kyle's bigger than Mark Davis now. It's a it's a strange thing mm. to, to kind of see. But, you know, those lads killed it um, and look made up to be on TV and getting the uh, the spotlight. What a what a great story they are. You know, there's a lot of, lot of negative stories about Brit Res the last few years, but the fact that, you know, two Australian lads came over and trained, unfortunately, where they trained, but, you know, came over and trained in the uh, in the UK, got put together as a team and have got to the heights of, you know, working New Japan regularly now and, you know, obviously uh, being on AEW TV in a, in a featured spot. It's just, it's crazy to see and it's and it's nice to see. Um, so yeah, we're de- definitely uh, enjoyed uh, their contributions. Yeah, it was on his debut, wasn't it? I mean, would you have rather he sort of like came out um, sort of like flanked by Aussie Open and sort of like challenged sort of like one of the bigger names? Mm. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. I think that the show itself is missing, you know, it's missing a top match really. Moxley Tanahashi is a really good you know, 1B, but it's missing a 1A proper main event. And I think you can make up for that with big singles matches. And I think most of us, uh, you know, have sat there, you know, back when we were kids, we all sat there, didn't we? And made like WWF versus WCW dream cards. And, you know, you'd find ways of having all the big stars face each other. And you can't expect that. You can't expect eight matches where it's, you know, top guy versus top guy, but there should be some. And I think, yeah, I think you've, if Naito's not coming and if a card is not coming, you know, and if Shingo's not coming, Osprey's way up there, you know, as far as the stars in New Japan, you know, mm. behind only Tanahashi and, 
and Jay White, who himself has kind of not been booked particularly strongly in AEW previously. Um, I think you give him a, yeah, a marquee singles match and you make it a big deal. Oh my God, Will Ospreay's on our TV and you make a you know big splash of it and you don't do an angle that's you know involves Trent um, and a bunch <laughs> of mid-carders and it doesn't lead to, I mean, him at Orange Cassidy is the, the pay-per-view match. I know there are people excited for that, but don't count me on that list. I mean, I'd say Orange Cassidy is not even in the top 15 to 20 of people I'd like to see Osprey against. It's not a dream match for me. I think even a, even if you went lower level, a Dante Martin, a Phoenix, a Pack again, something like that would, uh, would be there if you're not going to give him one of the, the top line AEW guys. It makes no sense to me at all. I think they're not really taking advantage of, uh, of what they've got. Yeah, I would have liked to see him against Pack again without the sort of like time limit finish that we got at your call that time. But um, as far as um, Osprey and AEW so far, Andy, what have your thoughts been on it? I mean, did you have a chance to watch that match? I, I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. Yeah, no, I watched the Dax Harwood match on the way uh, on the on the way to work this morning. Cracking match. I think I uh, went four and a quarter on it. Thought it was excellent. Um, similar thoughts to Benno about the first the first week. Dealing with Trent Beretta, most mid-card wrestler going. Yep. <laughs> he's, a, he's an all right wrestler, but he's just just adds nothing. Same with like Chuck Taylor. When I saw the saw, saw the graphic for Orange Cassidy, I was like, meh. It's, it's, it's very much like similar to what a lot of this forbidden door show is at the moment. It's just I'm just not getting heights. And it's strange to me because like, like a month or two ago, like, oh, AEW's like great to watch like can't can't miss and last month and a half it's yeah i'm just a bit on the downs at the moment yeah i suppose the only positive is pack and orange cassidy had that great match a while yeah. back um yeah. but yeah and you know osprey will probably sort of like try and drag it to the next level above a sort of usual orange cassidy match but yeah i've got to agree with both of you yeah there could be you know, 10 times as many, 10 more of the wrestlers that you've rather seen face up against. And it does seem like a, a bit of an odd decision, but I suppose it's, you know, obviously that's someone who can take an easy loss to Osprey without too much politics, I suppose, isn't it? But um, yeah, it's, it's it's looking like an odd card, but um, enough about sort of like New Japan stuff. because um, Well, just on that note, I mean, the other possible match, Zach and Brian, maybe we could get the, uh, the rematch of... Uh... The match we uh, watched on that mixtape, you know, and uh, where, where was it? Because of Coventry, the, uh, the Wakeham Men's Club, where that took yeah. place, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> would you reckon that footage will make its way into AWTV? <laughs> I wonder who <laughs> even owns that. <laughs> I would say they need to fly over the 60 people in that audience that night, <laughs> over especially on the front row. Take take Green Shirt Man out of the way and just probably <laughs> stick Chris Linnae, Brit uh, WrestleMania days, and Rock, Sp- Rock Star Spud all front row. <laughs> Put them in the front row, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll get a better finish this time rather than do it. Yeah. Uh, no, just briefly on that, I would say, like, you know, yeah, if Zach gets to do AEW, like, I think that'd be cool. I think that would that would resolve some of my, you know, misgivings about this uh, card. I mean, that's a that's a great match, isn't it? I think again, Brian could potentially be mixing up with like higher level guys from uh, New Japan on that on that card. But as far as stylistically, you know, best technical wrestler versus best technical wrestler. Yeah, it writes itself, doesn't it? And Zach's promo on uh, on New Japan last week was incredible. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, that would be the match that would make you sort of like, you know, the rest of the card could be a bit meh, but, you know, that would be the match that I'm going to be hyped about. Wouldn't I remember someone released a fake graphic about it the other day, and I got really excited, and I was like, oh, yeah, it's a phony, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
it'd be great if them, i mean the 10 times the wrestlers they were than back when they were in coventry i suppose weren't they but um well they were actually saying that brian was um doing his roh stuff around then weren't he so yeah he said, but yeah. zach wasn't quite at his level then was he but yeah it'd be fantastic to see them and especially the promos leading up to it you know with uh, saber jr doing the character that he's doing now and it'd be great to see them too face off in the ring not only just the technical classic but you know also on the mic as well yeah that'd be fantastic if we end up end up getting that match but um you know it's been a uh it's been a busy month in progress as well because uh, um chapter 134 on the 15th of may champion jonathan gresham was to face off against g money before the match though like costume attacked money management then announced that gresham would be stripped of the title if he was to be disqualified in the match this, of course, you know, the match began. Lycos Jim again came out and attacked Money, meaning Gresham was stripped of the Progress title. Gresham, who had been champion for two months, tons of confusion, obviously had to get the belt off him. I mean, this just sounds all kinds of wacky, doesn't it, Benno? I mean, Will Cooling came up with, you know, doing a three-way and having someone else eat the pin, which sounds a lot better than what they actually did um, on the night. Yeah, who cares? Sorry, that's why, now. <laughs> that's why the show's ending. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they gotta they gotta do this, aren't they? Like they gotta shoot themselves in the foot. Like I feel, yeah, I don't feel anything. Sorry, that's my analysis, Andy. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just laughed at it. Um, I think it, it, on the on the evening when it happened, um, I was like Chris and Jeff and. But yeah, it, it was that straight out of a WCW 2000 play, but the old, <laughs> the old, the old finish. And uh, we're thinking, oh, like super strong style 16, like G, G Money's going to win via the, the um, you know, when Vince, Vince McMahon turned on Mankind and helped the Rock win Survivor Series. <laughs> yeah, the, Lee McAteer with the finger, finger pointed, <laughs> ring the bell. <laughs> See, that would be more entertaining than what they actually did. That actually, yeah. uh, I'd be nice at that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just bizarre, and it makes no sense. And like, it made no sense to put Gresham in that position. The continuous excuses of why he can't come over, and they're still, they're still advertising him for future shows, aren't they? Like, I just, yeah. it's just, yeah, it's a whole, you know, the, the fact that that's that's how it how it ended, and the yeah, the, it was an avenue to turn the Lycos's heel, and now. I presume they'll probably do some. I, I bet it's probably leading to you know Brooks is coming back, isn't he? So probably be Brooks and Gresham against the Lycosses. Okay, yeah, yeah. You know that'll put some butts in seats. Just bizarre, absolutely bizarre, badly thought out, and just feels like yeah, they don't really know what they're doing, and just all seem quite naive. Yeah, because obviously Super Strong Style 16, uh, that ended up being for the title, and that's obviously shows have yet to eat demand, but results was Chris Ridgeway beat Warren Banks to become the champion. I mean. Uh, Andy, I mean, we've talked about on the show before that we're not that high on a. Uh, sorry, Chris, but it's got, I got all screwed up. Then Chris Ridgeway beat Warren yeah. Banks to uh, to to become Progress Champion. I mean, um, as far as him as champion, you know, he's he's not the strongest. I wouldn't say, but he's still probably the you know best of the bunch that they've got from that tournament. Yeah, uh, when the final did come. I thought, oh, surely they've got to put it on Warren Banks here. Mm. Probably more interest, more interesting, I will say. Um, Ridge, Ridgeway is always going to have like three and a half star classics, isn't it? But uh, it, it could be the same situation. Or he's working in Japan this weekend. What do we do? What do we do for a title match or a, a main event? So they could, could be digging the same hole for the cells there. Um, 
Yeah, I, I think I think at the moment a lot of, a lot of promotions have got a bit of a bit of a lob on for the uh, Northwest Strong Group. Um, <laughs> <laughs> lots just winning titles everywhere. It's just like hmm. exactly Warren Banks. You know, someone different, someone you could have built up as your sort of like homegrown guy and stuff. Yeah, yeah and it would have been, and he would have been around. Like you said, he wouldn't have been going off to Noah and stuff like that. So yeah, definitely uh, it would have been a lot better seeing him with the belt. <laughs> And the thing was, thing was with that, even at, like Banks's match against Gresham at like the, I think it was like the 10th anniversary show, the crowd were really into Warren Banks wanting him to win the, wanting him to win the title. So if that's not an indication to like whoever's booking progress and the owners like, oh, we'll give the crowd what they want, sort of thing. But you know, alas, not. And looking at the pictures, it looked pretty sparse, didn't it, Benno? You know, having a three-day sort of like super strong style tournament in this, uh, you know, in this climate of British wrestling wasn't perhaps the smartest thing. Perhaps they should have cut it down to like a, a two or a one-day tournament because, yeah, it looked pretty sparse in the electric ballroom, didn't it? Yeah, it did. It was a far cry from uh, from the past. If I wasn't so distracted in Vegas, I probably would have thrown up my, uh, my why even bother tweet, but I decided to, uh, to stay out of it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I just I don't know. I just think they, that is what it is right now. And, you know, we are like, yeah, we're a long way removed from the fact that, you know, we used to talk about these these weekends and say, oh, you know, the, the electric ballroom's not not big enough for them. And, you know, we, we, we need to move to, to these bigger rooms. And now it's, it is, it's it's far too big for them. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't think there's an answer really. I think, you know, okay, yeah, they could they could not put the belt on Ridgeway, but, you know, would, would that make the product good? Probably not. Um, would, that, would that draw? Probably not. I think we are past that early stage where I think people were a little bit, you know, excited to get out the house again mm. and get to, you know, go to see progress again. And now it's clear what it is and they're in, you know, they're in for a very long rebuilding period if they can, if they can do it at all. And these are going to be the attendances. And you know, it's it it, it doesn't have to be that way either. You know, you like you say, we just talked about about Red Pro and we talked about the uh, the crazy you know number that, that that they did for uh for your call. Yes, on the back of uh, some imports, but you know, progress of access to uh, to imports themselves, and you know, of access to, to to guys, and you know, their choices are kind of bemusing aren't they with the some of the guys that bring in i mean is anybody buying a, a ticket for ricky chain page you know um mm. i don't think so um yeah it's just it's a bit throwing shit at a wall <laughs> really just uh see seeing what sticks um and that's yeah, kind of just uh embarrassing for all involved because they have sort of like created a tiny bit of buzz aren't they with the imports of bringing in for their uh, uk tour dates for the summer and beyond you know they announced uh Konsuke Takeshita will be appearing sorry if i butchered his name will be appearing on their shows in sheffield on 14th of august and newcastle on the 14th of august on top of that uh ben i noted earlier chris brooks is going to be making his return to the uk for their show on the 25th of september in birmingham and joining him will be uh masa takanashi I mean, um, it seems that they've sold that Birmingham show out. I mean, Progress weren't known for using imports, but they seem to be heavily leaning on for this uh, for these uh, tour dates. Uh, I mean, putting a plaster on a on a gunshot wound here. Do you think, Andy? I mean, certainly they did create a lot of buzz because obviously, uh, um, you know. Um, a few of them have been, you know, making waves in AEW, and obviously Brooks coming back. You know, he's not appeared in the UK has he, for a few years now. Yeah, they, I would say the uh, Takeshita um, appearance interests me. Um, probably some of it, you know, sticking against either Luke Jacobs one night, Ridgeway the other night, should be should be very good. 
Um, the Chris Brooks thing, um, they're close enough near selling out. Um, a few people have made the joke, uh, it must be a break in the Formula One season um, that weekend. Uh, <laughs> to, see, to, see the return of, uh, to see the return of Chris Brooks. But yeah, they're, they're all, I think him and his uh, tag team partner are also doing um, tag league in Germany. Uh, for WXW, so they're around for a couple of weeks. He might end up doing one of them uh, Tuesday night grab shows. Uh, yeah, it is. It is a bit putting a putting a sticking plaster on things. Um, yeah, it won't get me travelling to Birmingham at the best of times. Sorry, sorry, LF Doom. <laughs> Be a long queue at the merch table anyway, won't it? Uh, for oh, yeah. Three nights of Chris Brooks. Like, I, I, we always said that, didn't we? Quietly, the Brooks was like a draw um, in Brett Rez, just like, just because of, it was like, not in any traditional route, it was just he's such a nice bloke that, that everybody kind of wanted to get on and uh, and liked. Like, he was, yeah, probably a bigger, bigger element of some of those, you know, Midland sellouts from, from different companies. And yeah, it, that, that maybe we thought. I think there's always, you know, the question of you know when progress tried to go with him seriously i don't think it ever really worked did it when everyone else pissed off and they were trying to have him in um in top positions i don't think he's ever going to be that guy but uh, yeah as far as somebody who uh who sells tickets uh probably shouldn't uh under, underestimate brooks it'd be interesting to see what else he does while he's uh while he's over here yeah i can just see him being back for sort of like a month or so just to visit family and do a few shows and then he'll be heading off because he seems very well settled in japan now don't he so i can see him yeah, just coming back for it yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but moving on to uh, other people who are making their way uh, back to the UK, uh, Jamie Hayter will be uh, appearing for Pro Wrestling Eva. Obviously, the all-female group, they're going to be holding their annual She Won tournament on the 18th and 19th of July. And uh, yeah, she's going to be one of the, they've got quite a few sort of like imports coming in over the, for that one. And uh, yeah, Jamie Hayter, I mean, she's um, certainly been making a, a name for herself in AEW, hasn't she, Andy? Yeah, certainly. Um, they, try, they keep holding off on her turning on uh, Britt Baker, but uh, no, nah, she's she's done excellently in uh, AEW at the moment. And yeah, no, nah, it's, it's a nice thing, like coming back to Eve. Um, I, I mean, hopefully a, f- a few good matches. There's also, um, who's it, Kip Sabian returning as well, uh, making his grand return to uh, BWR in Cleveland. <laughs> And you, you know what? Kip Sabian's a draw because they've only got nine tickets left out of about three hundred. So he's a he's a massive draw. Don't uh, they always don't they always sell out though? BWR in Cleethorpes. Um, to be honest, that the last the last one didn't. Uh, but when they did announce Kip Sabian, um, because they're having him against um, Robbie X, and they had a match before, like a couple of year ago. It's on it's on YouTube and uh, got a bit got a great reaction from like the crowd in. Hmm. Like the room that evening, but yeah, no, like Kip Saving returning Jamie A. So pro- probably to sort out the uh, the visas before they go before they go back to the states. But yeah, good good to see him returning. I, to be honest with Kip Saving, I always I always liked him when he was when he was on the scene. It was it was I always enjoyed him. Not, not, weird. Not so much. Not so much his cardboard box on his head at the moment in AEW <laughs> in the crowd. Well, that's what I was going to say. He seems to be doing that entirely on his own on social media and stuff yeah. like that. Has he been injured or what? They're just not using him. I don't quite know what's going on there. He's doing it for about a year now. It feels like mm. like it's. Yeah. Not, I don't think it's actually going. I thought that. I thought, oh, it's going somewhere. There'll be a reveal. 
No, he's just he's basically a fan at this point. Like I don't know, a lot of contracts aren't getting renewed. Like is this going to be one of them? Oh, it wouldn't shock me. No, yeah, definitely. If that's all he's been doing, that's sort of like Shia LaBeouf gimmick. And Shia LaBeouf were doing that about five years ago, wasn't he? So yeah, it's a bit sort of out of date now. Uh, but yeah, really, real weird one, that. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see if he does uh, end up coming back to the UK full-time. Um, there's some sort of like small other news stories. Walter Gunther now beat Ricochet on SmackDown to become the new Intel champion. Great match. Oh, did you watch it? Was it a good match? Yeah, it was really good. Um, like, I, I mean, again, within the WWE, you know, the mm. WWE system, I think I've got a, I've got a steal and a four stars, and Cody Rhodes hit it with his uh, cage match at a, a hell in a cell. Uh, it, took a, <laughs> it took a peck nearly tearing off his body to uh, to get that right now. I mean, like, I go probably the three point seven five on Ricochet Walter, but yeah, it's really good. Um, Walter's still Walter, you know. It's quite interesting to to see. I think. There's the I think it's a, I personally think it's a massive negative that he's dropped all that weight. You know, he looks he just looks like a bloke. He doesn't look mm. bigger than Axel Dieter at this point. Mm. Um, and every time I see him, it feels like he's getting smaller. So you kind of lose that element of, of the match that you know you like to see big bully Walter knocking you know seven shades out of out of a ricochet. But the quality of the work was still there. And to be honest, yeah, it's kind of like hearing those news stories about how. You know, the do the be brass, you know, if they're still there, um, are very high on uh, on Walter, you know, and are, are, are enjoying what he's doing. He's, uh, I think maybe, you know, we all made jokes, then we will expect him on the Indies soon because he's not going to be, you know, Vince McMahon's type of wrestler, but didn't count on, you know, Walter's brain of like, okay, I'll become Vince McMahon's type of wrestler. And he isn't, a, you know, for the fact that he's a lot smaller, he's in, in incredible shape. Um, he's, you know, making his style work for a, a WWE style and having a killer TV match like this. And not to say, you know, Axel Dieter Jr. on the, uh, on the what's his name now? Ludwig is on the on the outside. He's, he's fantastic doing that role. I know it's he's basically just pulling facial, facial yeah. expressions and, and not doing much else, but he's so good on the outside. Like he's, you know, conducting an orchestra as Walter, you know, beats up Ricochet. Like, yeah, I was, I was really high on this. It was a, a really good match and yeah, looked uh, kind of looks almost hopeful for Walter in, uh, in WWE. I think we might uh, eat some words on the fact that we all expect him to be, uh, you know, kicked out of the company by the end of this year. No, oh, yeah, and we were all like, oh, he's not he's not going to be headlining shows against Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns, isn't he? But yeah, he's like saying we might be having to uh, eat shit on that one, you know, if he continues sort of like moving up the card. But I was thinking like, oh, Ricochet and Walter, you know, that would have been a dream indie match. I wonder if it happened. I think it did happen in PWG. So did they work well together then, Benno? Yeah, it felt like, you know, Osprey's matches, with, Walter's matches with Osprey, you know, uh, you just plug Ricochet and, you know, in a lot of ways, you know, at one point they were basically the same wrestler. Obviously, there's a bit of distance between them now, but yeah, they basically just did that. You know, there was a great spot where uh, Ricochet, like, hit a drop kick uh, of his own and then Walter came back with, you know, that running drop kick he does into the corner and just absolutely flattened him um, and then just splat killed him with a power bomb. Yeah, it felt like, you know, a, a WWE TV version of, you know, what you might have imagined, you know, that indie match might have been between them. But yeah, within the WWE system, I don't think yeah, you, you see much better on their, their TV these days. So yeah, I was uh, I was raving about that one. And like I say, Walter, you know, <laughs> the wrestling brain he's got, yeah, he might well, might yet win over Vince McMahon. Um, it might actually uh, turn into a success story against the odds, that one. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, yeah, I'll have to check that match out. Um, and then, of course, 
Andy, another WWE news, your mate Ashton Smith, along with Oliver Carter beat Mustache Mountain to become uh, NXT UK Tag Team Champions. I bet you were uh, happy about that, your old uh, mate Ashton Smith there, winning uh, NXT UK gold. Yeah, no, um, finally, uh, because like, like him and um, Ollie have been like, one of the highlights of NXT UK over the like the last couple of months and like matches with Mustache Mountain, um, yeah, hit, hit the point every time. Uh, the, the actual move they won with is like a roll up, which they had played into like the previous matches. So, yeah, good good storytelling on um, NXT UK. But nah, uh, great stuff for Ashton. Actually, actually saw him a, a couple of weeks ago. Give, give, give him the fist bump and say, well done, well done, champ. Well done. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, I'm sort of interested where they go now on the on the programme. I've seen the seat, uh, they're facing uh, Brooks Jensen and Josh Briggs uh, next next week. Thing is, there's hardly any tag teams left in uh, NXT, NXT UK mm. because uh, Mustache Mountain have now split. The um, split was uh, shown on this week's uh, episode with a good... Uh, Ball shot by uh, Trent. He just looked like two tramps fighting with their hair. <laughs> the fucking state of the world. The first time I've seen Trent in about a year. Good God. Like, what happened? What happened to those two good looking lads who were a uh, uh, mustache mountain back in the day? Like, I feel like they look like they've given up. One, one thing I did notice was some strangely tanned ankles from Trent. I never knew. <laughs> they, they just seemed a weird colour. I just couldn't take my eyes off them. I thought they were yellow socks. <laughs> <laughs> well it has been sunny in the uk for a uh, past couple of weeks hasn't it? yeah he's probably had the uh shorts on yeah not not been using sun cream that's hilarious but yeah it's i mean yeah i mean especially tyler i mean how many sort of like high hopes we had for him and now just look at him i mean what are they even going to do without them to all feud for a while but i mean are they even gonna is tyler even going to be one of the guys that gets moved over to america it's not really looking likely is it benno for all the high hopes we had for him a few years back no, he's like that, you know, that Premier League player who looks great and then, you know, never makes it into the starting eleven and then collects a wage for a few years and then ends up down the leagues. Like that's 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 his uh, trajectory. I think at this point, I think the the it's very well very well bolted at this point to any chance of him making it. Like you say, Pete Pete, Pete Dunn's you know WWE career is being kind of being built on comedy at this point. So they're not exactly going to be. Showing up uh, with uh, with Butch over in the uh, the US at any time soon. I don't think. Yeah, I think they'll be. Uh, I mean, those two. It'd be, it'd be, I think the biggest shock will be if NXT UK outlasted Instant Man with uh, with this week's uh, <laughs> news. But if uh, as long as NXT UK is there, he's probably got a job. But once it's gone, I don't think he goes anywhere in the WWE system. And yeah, I'm not particularly bullish on him going anywhere anywhere at this point. And uh, that's a bit of a shock considering how you know big we expect them to be. But. You know, maybe that happens when you, you know, you give a you give a nineteen year old the world. Uh, maybe it's not the uh, the best shout uh, in hindsight, and yeah, maybe we've uh, we've seen that play out over the last few years. Yeah, exactly. Um, so moving away from then, and one of the sort of like bigger Brit rest hashtag Brit rest stories of the month. The uh, the former authors of Pain set up a promotion called Wrestling Entertainment Series. The announcement of the new promotion was made on May the 13th. They then announced their first show will be less than a month later at the Motor Point Arena, a 10,000-seat uh, standing forward slash standing arena. They then announced the show will be headlined by Alistair Overeem versus the former Braun Strowman with the likes of Nia Jax, Chelsea Green, Diano Peroza, and others. 
um, you know, other release sort of WWE names filling out the rest of the card. Prices for the shows range from about £37 to VIP for 350 quid. Ticket prices were then lowered close to the event. Kelsey Green then tweeted out the event wasn't happening. The promotion's Twitter then announced on May the 31st that the event had been pushed back to July the 9th. A bunch of the talents, such as the owner and a, and a few of them, tweeted that they couldn't make the new date. Looking on Nottingham Arena's website, the card is still exactly the same with all the wrestlers who said they can't make it anymore. Um, and, you know, prices have been reduced to VIP 190 and cheapest £27. Um, social media, I did notice this afternoon, I haven't posted anything since June the 1st. I mean, this event had to happen in, in Britain, didn't it? I mean, it's been five-star wrestling from the start. Looked like a complete clusterfuck. Then I, I just feel so sorry for Nottingham Arena for having to deal with this absolute fucking clown show. If this show happens in any way, shape, or form in July, I'll be amazed. Yeah, I mean, they're not even properly advertising it. It's just kind of talk, like fighter talking about it and it's supposed to be happening. Just like it had all of the red flags, didn't it? Like the, the two-week notice that the show was even taking place and then they put the card out and it was just, yeah, WWE washouts on hilariously, you know, Alistair Overeem, which, you know, brilliant. Like I, I, I probably myself for free, if I could have got him for free, would have uh, quite enjoyed him versus Braun Strowman. Um, but like the idea this was ever going to take off was just, yeah, crazy. Some of these, you know, don't want to accuse anybody of, you know, anything illegal or money laundering or anything like it, but I would love to know what the thought process was behind this or where the money is was coming from to try and run it. And yeah, just it was the most predictable thing in the world that the, the show was never, ever going to happen and it was never going to move you know, any tickets whatsoever. Maybe there's legs in, like, yeah, and a, a WWE-style tour with ex-big WWE names, because, you know, Braun's a big name. Bray Wyatt, you know, is uh, is available on the market. You could maybe make something of that with a bit of advertising and with, you know, a company who know what they're doing. But, like, the thing about this story was just, like, I don't, I don't think I'll be expected to put a show on two weeks' notice. Like, they just... You know, who, where would he get the ring from? You know, who was going to do be doing the backstage stuff? Who was going to be doing the lighting? Who was going to be doing the booking? Like, was any of that stuff thought through? I don't think it was. It was just, yeah, we'll book a venue and we'll book some lads and, and let's go. Uh, I almost wish it did take place just to see the uh, the shit show it, it, it might have been. Uh, if I hadn't a bit away, I might have been tempted to wander down and see if I could get in for free just to just experience <laughs> it. Like, yeah, when... You know, they outdid five star, I think. Like uh, when it comes to absolute shit shows in a, you know, companies trying to run shows in a, in Britain when they when they really shouldn't. Like, yeah, I can't imagine we ever hear from this company ever again. And it's just one of those weird trivia notes that maybe we could uh, throw in a quiz at the end of the year when we all go, oh yeah, remember WES? Because yeah, I don't think it's uh, the right. I'd be I'm bullish on the idea of them ever ever running a show. Yeah, I just feel so sorry for Nottingham Marina for having to put up with these clowns. And yeah, I mean, like, I mean, at least Five Star at least ran some shows, didn't they, Andy? But this just looked, I mean, announcing the promotion and what did I say? May the 13th and then they were going to be running sort of like first week of June. I mean, it was an absolute sort of like clusterfuck from the very beginning, weren't it? Yeah, you're just like, what the, what's this shit? Come on, <laughs> come on, uh, weren't it? Uh, it was, you mentioned like the ticket prices, it started off at 37.50 and then they gradually went down week by week. I think, uh, I think it got to about 29.50 for the cheapest seats, just basically, uh, to sit in a corner of Nottingham Arena. Nah, n- not, not a chance. It, 
like like myself just seeing you know, like no no chance I'd be going to that. No way, no way. Red flag alert, red flag alert. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, and it, you can't see it happening in July at all, can you? Especially when half of the talent are saying, no, I can't even make that date, so they have to get like a bunch of other like uh, WWE washouts, as then put it. Yeah, I, I think I think it was like straight away, the, like the day after, like, no, we can't make the date. I just hope, I think um, they were actually, they actually got, um, we were getting used to someone's ring, which was Sticks's ring in Nottingham. Right. I, just hope, I just hope he's got his money back. <laughs> yeah, you would hope so. Yeah, anybody who, who was like promised anything, you know, get a, at least some money out of this uh, shit show of a company. But um, Andy, you ended up going to a PCW show this past month, didn't you? Was that the first time you've been to see PCW in a while? Um, yeah, yeah, well, first first time since um, like February, March. That was the uh, show they did at the uh, PCW Academy that, for the Roll to Glory. But this one was the. Uh, First ever LGBTQ plus uh, wrestling show um, to happen in the uh, UK, and wow. it was a, it was at Funny Girls in Blackpool, uh, which is it's like an Odeon uh, cinema, like an old Odeon cin- wow, cinema, cool. like, you know, like theatre seating, and it. I did mention on my podcast like it was Prime Weatherspoon's uh, building. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that all sort all sort of venue, but. As a as a show, it was really classy what they did. They had um, Priscilla uh, winning the PCW title off Shake El Sham in a really good main event. Um, the actual setup was um, so they had the ring on the actual stage, and so all, all like the taunts in that was playing to the crowd to the, like the left hand side of them, and like the ring walk area was going round like the the front of like um like the bar itself so like the bar where they were serving was in the corner but like the actual front of the bar imagine like um, the film coyote ugly except with uh sexy topless ladies it was actually the models joey a's and danny hope um, right. <laughs> how, how they did it though was you know excellent and um the run the running a show running uh funny girls again next year because th- this one I would say close enough to a like sellout on the on the uh, floor area. We've got nearly oh, two three hundred in there. It was really good, classy. Oh, good. Yeah, sounds like um, sounds certainly like a good show, and especially if they start running more of them. Yeah, it's certainly like um, certainly something very different as well and, and unique, isn't it? But um, something else I did want to bring up about PCW because obviously their former home, the Evoke Nightclub in Preston, uh, sadly burnt down the other month, didn't it? And I know. You two guys went there loud, you know, that was PCW's old stomping ground. I mean, I sadly never made it. I think I had tickets to, um, it was Chris Travis' comeback show, weren't it? Um, yeah, the, a few years back now, but I had to sell them because I couldn't end up making it because I remember that one sold out. But yeah, you were, you and Benno went there quite a bit, didn't you? Yeah. Um, every every Friday evening, I couldn't wait to get out of work and get to Preston. To, to to get me spot at a Volk uh, on on the ledge, me and Jeff overseeing the uh, over eight hundred people in there, just like a special building, probably the uh, the building and the promotion that got me into uh, into into traveling the country. Uh, yeah, many a night on the dance floor, drunken. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, just just a great building and. Uh, yeah, you know, it's been, it was empty for about 
Good God. Before before Christmas last year, uh, because it will have been shut, you know, for because of like you know the pandemic and what have you. Um, but thankfully, um, like PCW managed to get all their uh, furniture out of there before before Christmas. But um, I think I think two weeks before a week or two before it did actually burn down. Someone tried to like torch it then as well. Um, wow. Yeah. So it's it's been derelict for a while, but. See, seeing the uh, like report about you, yeah, I would say I had a bit of te- a tear in my eye because it just just a special a special venue. Yeah. Um, Massive part yeah. of PCW's like identity, yeah. wasn't it? And like PCW don't get enough credit for how important they were to the the Brit Res boom and the development of like a adult crowd going to to wrestling shows and a traveling crowd and the football chants and stuff i think kind of started there and and, and, and at icw obviously but you know they are massively you know part of that history and that building is too like the same had so many great memories of, of going to those shows yeah like like what andy said there shouldn't be a real sentence that you know finishing work on a friday and looking forward to getting to preston um, yeah. and you know, quite a few weekends like that myself you know where we'd go and you know see whether it was the steiner brothers that were on or gold dust or something daft like that or the roh uh, weekend shows they did Jushin Liger. Like, yeah, so Loki um, on their shows, you know, Dante, you know, Xbox got all so many names like that. I, I saw live that I might not have otherwise had a chance to see live and especially that close and in an atmosphere as uh, as good as, you know, what they had. And they told some some decent stories as well around, you know, the imports, you know, there. In fact, they bloody got Dave Rain over as like some cult hero for a, yeah. for a few <laughs> years, you know, like that unbelievable what they did, you know, and he, you know, he, be do taking in ring photos next to like you know massive XWWE stars, and it'd probably be more over with uh, some of that audience. There's uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of great memories for me of uh, going to those PCW shows, and yeah, I think it's you know easy. You know, I'm still getting emails now from them because of those old days. I got any apparently, I'm one of the uh, the lucky few who's been granted because of my loyalty to PCW a 10% discount. I feel like everyone got that email. Uh, yeah, yeah, I got that, and I've never been to a single show. <laughs> this uh, this PCW is not the PCW of those days. No. It's a very different, you know, business plan and a very different company. But you know, the the classic PCW that that they used to run a book, yeah, loads of great nights, loads of great after parties, and loads of great you know nights around the town in uh, in Preston, going to the different pubs and stuff. It is uh, did make me sad that yeah, I'll never uh, pass that uh, you know that that curtain off backstage area where you could hear American accents planning their match just loudly and um, while you were uh, on your way to the toilet you know it was uh never the uh the, the greatest as far as uh that you know separate the fans from the wrestlers but that was you know you know for, for hook or bike roll, part of its charm too it was uh, a lot of great times yeah, yeah. So i don't think he's made any secret as he flooded that he was a massive sort of one pw fan he used to go to like the weekenders and stuff like that and then when that all went to shit he was like oh there's got to be a way of doing these but you know, so you actually make money off it, and so they did for a time period, didn't they? Mix sort of like imports, you know, the big names like you said, they're like X Pack and sort of like Vader and stuff like that, or drawing casuals, make a ton of money off them doing sort of like the meet and greets and the photographs and stuff like that, and then and then get your British guys over. And certainly, them, I don't know who did it first, it was either them or ICW, weren't it? With the nightclub, obviously, you've got the built in sound system, a lot of these nightclubs have got you know the smoke machines and you know, and and 
you know, the dance floor is perfect in the middle for putting the ring and stuff. And, and you know, a load of promotions took that on, you know, specifically the likes of Progress on that and really made it work. So, yeah, I don't, it's like you said, Ben, I don't think they do get enough critics. So, those are obviously, you know, they're no longer as successful as they used to be. But there was that brief time period where they did make it work, mixing in big names and then getting over their own homegrown guys like the likes of Joey Hayes and Dave Rain and and the likes of them. So yeah, they definitely don't get enough credit in, in terms of that. But yeah, I imagine it was hilarious watching sort of like these guys and then seeing the Steiners and stuff like that. I imagine they were rake, they were raking it in with the uh, in-ring photos, surely Andy. Oh yeah, um, I think some of the, like the big group photos. I, I had a few of them. The Godfather and his holes from the uh, local strip joint in Preston. Uh, that, that 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 was one of my favourite ones. Uh, but now they they talk like like charge twenty five twenty five quid to have a photo with Scott all the hooligans X pack, and you just think this is you know wild. <laughs> Even like the like the afternoon meet and greet, you'd pay like twenty five quid all in, and you can have a picture with everyone. And yeah, Q and As as well, like they did them in the afternoon, did them in the evening. The famous Vader one in a vault where he, <laughs> he just talked for ten minutes and said, "Right, I'm off. See you." Uh, <laughs> that, that 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 was a, a bad memory, but uh, yeah, it, it it was the first of its kind and. As, as, as well, what one of my memories is the um, the DVDs that they were selling in the corner, and um, it was all like all old PWG DVDs and ROH ones, and I found out they were like Brit Wrestleway days old old DVDs, and I were buying them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like a job lottie give um, to to Flooder, and I ended up buying quite a lot of them. Good good times. What's the best yeah. match you saw in a uh, Vogue, Andy? Like, I'd, I'd say it for me, Chris Travis and um, and uh, what you call it, Chris Masters. Um, they had, a, I think it was like their Falls Count Anywhere match. I was live at that one. That was that was one of the best Brit Res matches I think I've uh, I've ever seen. Um, yeah, and I, 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 Storm's I would... turn as well. There's a match with uh, Martin Kirby. That's like a, a nice little uh, gem I saw live there. There were a lot of classics. Yeah, no, that that Travis and uh, Chris Masters match would be like one of the ones that uh, sticks out for me. Like great moments, obviously the uh, Sugar Dunkerton chant, um, mm. that roll to glory. It, it was just wild, wild that um, afternoon and evening. Oh, it was amazing. Uh, still got that chant ringing through my head, mate, since that. Oh, like, oh yeah. A great weekend yeah. that was. Just, just to see the face on, um, I think uh, Moose were having in ring falters. And then you just face like a slapped ass while us lost in the corner with Sugar Dunkerton having like jumping <laughs> up and down cheering. <laughs> just couldn't, couldn't beat it. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. I certainly wish that I'd added it, it, it over there for that one show because that was when they were still selling out and stuff like that as well. Yeah. And I really wish I'd, I'd met it over for a show for that. But, um, yeah, it's been good going down memory lane on that. But lads, I know it's not officially the end. Like, you know, like most shows, I know it at the start will be going out with a bang at Christmas. But yeah, I can't thank you guys enough. Andy, obviously coming on board for the past year or so, you know, been great having you on always brilliant insights. And obviously, you know, you were going to shows that me and, you know, me and Beno didn't even know existed and discovering new talent, you know, before a lot of people had heard of it and stuff like that. And then you know, obviously, Ben, I'll save the goodbyes to you when I'm um, a gibbering wreck for the last half hour of the 24-hour stream on July 16th slash 17th, UK time, 12 while 12. Uh, more details come soon. But yeah, thanks so much, guys. Really, really 
it's been fantastic doing these shows with you but yeah obviously all good things come to an end but yeah i just wanted to say a, a big thanks to both of you what a run, mate. I can't believe we've like covered Brit Res for like more than five <laughs> years. Like that's yeah. I mean, on this show, and obviously for yourself, you know, going back, you know, even further with your uh, your pro wrestling nowadays and the catch fast and and such. But yeah, it's just it, it's crazy. You know, I got I think you know, you and Ollie did the uh, the first show and I ended up bullying myself onto the uh, the second show and then just went never went away. Um, <laughs> but like got great, you know, that got me literally started in podcasting, you know, you having me on the catch cast and then you know being gracious enough to have me on uh, the early uh, what was uh, British audio wrestling like uh, yeah I think you know at the time it was such a you know what it was such a hot period for Brit Res I was saying this on Grapple area that I was doing this show and I was also doing a second Brit Res show over on it you know, <laughs> we had that much to talk about mate I was doing uh, two shows at once and it didn't massively feel like I was uh, repeating myself either obviously that would change but no I'm really proud of the the work we've done you know over the uh, the last five years to, uh, to you know to highlight the uh, the positives and point out the negatives I think that is uh, absolutely our job um, with British wrestling too unfortunately I would say you know the last couple of years there's definitely been lots more negatives than positives. I think that's been refracted in our coverage and might possibly be a, a reason why, you know, we're, you know, I know you're calling it a day either way, but a reason why it might be not uh, continuing this uh, this this on further. But now I think we uh, should be proud of our, ourselves and proud of you, Martin, for, for putting this together. This was always uh, always your baby. You always, uh, you know, you did the legwork as far as uh, formatting the shows and steering the ship and keeping us going when we, you know, went from Ollie to, to James E to Martin and, you know, some little brief periods of flirtation with Will Cooling in the middle as well, but you know, <laughs> for too long. Um, but no, should be massively proud, mate, of, uh, of what you created here and uh, and kept going. And yeah, I know, uh, I know, I definitely am. Oh, cheers, mate. Yeah, so definitely sort of like proud of the work we did in and some of the sort of like shows we've done in the past and stuff like that. And um, well, Andy, you'll be keeping the uh, British flag flying, won't you, on your on your podcast? Yeah, um, well, we've been, we've, I've actually been let into some wrestling shows recently. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I can't, I'm not, I've never done so much. Um, yeah, no, I've, uh, we, we've done reviews from Top Roll Wrestling in Burnley. That's uh, Shake L Shams promotion. Good, good family promotion. Um, also been BWR in Cleeforts. That was a good night. Ended up in the swashbuckle to, till half two in the morning. Pissed out my head. Um where else? Oh, we had the Red Pro review from York Hall with quite a few people on. And, yeah, the PCW show, uh, Funny Girls just done that recently. And upcoming, what we got? Um, we're doing a um, look back at Great American Bash 2000, terrible pay-per-view. And also, uh, we're actually uh, looking back at Ring of Honor Fifth Year Festival from uh, 2007 in Liverpool. So that's... I think it was like Samoa Joe's last matches in ROH. It was. Um, I think Benno was probably there. That I was going to say, surely Benno was at that one. Surely you were. Of course, my tears in my eyes. Uh, Samoa <laughs> Never thought I'd be watching them on TV 15 years later. Like, yeah, <laughs> great shows. Homicide match was really good. Yeah. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. So we got got that coming up. And um, yeah, we're off to... We've got uh, B- BWR coming up again for their um, anniversary show and um, a couple of Red Pro shows coming up. So, yeah, busy times. Follow us at uh, GCP Podcast 1 and uh, follow me on Twitter at Oggy Part 3. 
Yeah, definitely go and subscribe to that one. Yeah, for sure. And obviously, just want to say again, thanks to John and Way. Obviously, the best of the best, James and Ollie. Everyone who's ever listened or been a guest or shouted at us on Twitter or whatever, you know, thanks to everyone. And uh, this isn't the only show that's coming to an end. Me and Andrew, the last ever Bushby and Thompson's wrestling adventure next week. Uh, Andrew's assembled a hell of a lineup. Um, God knows how we're going to get through with that one. So we're me and the youngest in charge go out with a bang. Obviously, Andrew actually got Chris Brooks to sit down and do an interview after he's uh, evaded all, everyone for ages. So check that out. And uh, yeah, Venna, what's been going over at uh, Grapple Towers? Hey, yeah, a lot. Uh, we just uh, got wrapped up doing a special weekend show for our, our patrons and um, talking the breaking news of uh, whatever the fuck's been going on with Vince McMahon these uh, these last 24 hours on the Wall Street Journal article. Uh, also the, back, uh, you know, the, the news about uh, Sasha Banks and uh, lots more. So you can check that out on our Patreon. Um, yeah, we did a, a great episode of Spotlight, I thought, on Monday night with the uh, one and only WH Park coming in to uh, help us lay the boot into some of this uh, latest AEW book and, and, uh, and New Japan. And you know WH is the uh, is the man for that job. So yeah, check that out with uh, wherever podcasts are, uh, are sold. Definitely, and yeah, uh, I don't know. I feel, I feel like I want to end this by saying Brit Res is dead, but I can Brit Res be dead when the Ogden's still breathing. So you know, it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's still around. So yeah, don't don't listen to my stuff. Go listen to the Ogden's. They'll keep the uh, they'll keep the spirit alive. Indeed, yeah, and uh, yeah, just one final plug. Obviously, the uh, July sixteenth slash seventeenth, twelve till twelve UK time, twenty four hour stream. More news coming on that soon, and uh, yeah, thanks. And yeah, obviously, we'll be back with maybe a couple of specials, maybe one. Who knows? But I'm sure you'll hear from us in the future. So until that time, we'll catch you later.